to that. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Drink to That. As always, I'm Andrew and accompanied by my good friend, Steph. Today's episode, we will be featuring a lovely little wine called Winemaker Kumai. It's a Cabernet from Moldova. It is the best bottle I've ever seen, and I just realized he's holding a bottle. So it is a bottle that looks like a little man, little, little man with a little hat, looks like from the Renaissance, holding a bottle with a man purse, holding a mug. It is a beautiful bottle. It's a beautiful bottle. It's going to be great. Today, our wine topic is going to be wine temperatures. Mm-hmm. So stick along with us and we'll tell you all about it. Yes, we will. Um, but before we get into more of the wine and the wine tasting and the beautiful bottle, yeah. how, how you been, Andy? I've been good. I've been very busy. Yes. Um... I went to the second round of classes for my French Wine Scholar Certification, and I also went to a industry-only wine buyer uh, wine tasting. Ooh, industry-only. Industry-only, like invitation-only, very behind-closed-doors type thing. That's fancy. Yes, it was very, very cool, and yeah, just um, finalizing my bartending certification and all that good stuff. So I've just been, I've been very busy, but um, it's a lot of fun. I love being in this very productive mode. Well, that's really good. I mean, you're getting, you're so close. Yes. You're so close and you're doing so well and it's very exciting. It's always exciting to catch up and hear your progress and becoming a master sommelier. I'm on my which way. Which you told me earlier, there are only, what, 213 in the world? Yes. Well, 214, Andy. Including you. It, it'll happen one of these it's days. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna. Well, let's just say someone probably will die of those people because you know I'm sure some are old. Granted, so but you, they still hold the title. So oh, they're really? at, yeah, they're from they're, from the beginning of time. There's only been 213. That I know of. I mean, they're the the first um, master sommelier yeah. that was granted in 1966, if I'm not mistaken. He has passed, but he is still on the list of 214. Oh, my God. All right. Well, then you're 214. I'll take so. it. <laughs> I'll take it. There you go. I uh, That's exciting. Wow. I didn't know you, you kept that forever. There's only 214 in the world, and you will be 200. I mean, well, you are 214, so whatever. Yes. Yeah. 214 in the world. <clears throat> Anywho. Um, what have you been up to? What's going on? Let's see. Um, still settling in my own little apartment here uh-huh. where we're recording. Yeah. Uh, enjoying that. I broke the internet. Oh, my goodness. Um, I tried to get cable. My father's like, just try to see if you can get cable, which I didn't pay for. And I couldn't, of course, because you don't. You can't steal cable. I've heard you cannot do it. You cannot do it. And anyway, I tried, and you can. And somehow I broke the internet. And uh, my girlfriend has been diligently trying to work on it. I would say the past, I don't know, three hours? Yeah. So uh, she's the best. And I... uh, suck anywho but that's that so we've been living i've been watching some i love lucy okay because we've been watching dvds because we've got no internet which means no netflix Uh, i've been watching a lot of channel 11 which i was watching anyway yeah so that's i I do like me some window to the world i do i do and i like that i I, you know my i've never not had cable since i was a little kid and uh there are much more channel 11s than i remember there was only one channel 11 when i was a child and now there are three 
Oh, yeah. WTT yeah. Prime. Yep. There's WTW World. Yep. And there's, I don't know, another one. So I got my W, the, I, was, I had the choice between watching Father Something about a murder, uh, a detective priest. Okay. Or did I want to watch Globe Trekkers or, or Antique Roadshow? It was hard to, it was oh. hard to know. So I went with Antique yeah. Roadshow if you wanted to know. That's what I went. That was a safe bet. That was good. Yeah, that's always a winner. I always get excited about that one. And um, yeah, so that's what I've been up to in the uh, short term. (laughs) Real busy being a loser. It's a whirlwind. It is a whirlwind. It's a whirlwind. I'm telling you. Antique roadshow and breaking the internet. You know, life is crazy right now. Oh my goodness. Where do you find the time? I just don't. Oh, (laughs) I have been doing hot yoga. I think I mentioned. Oh yes. I started that. The first class had to leave. Had to leave because my face went numb. Yeah. And my hands went numb. Okay. And I wasn't sure if I was getting a panic attack right. or if I was going to puke and throw up. I wasn't sure. Right. So it's a fine line. It's a fine line. So I had to leave the room and then regroup. But I made it an hour and 15 minutes before that happened. That's not bad. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So I went an hour and 15 minutes. Then I almost pa- passed out and regrouped. And <laughs> yeah. then I got out and the guy's like, you okay? Because he's super hippie. Oh, uh, yeah. Of and I'm like, yeah, I just need some cold water because my water had turned into boiling soup. Right. And so I drank a bunch of coffee. He's like, you should just get back in there. And, you know, the breathing, at least breathe. And I'm just like. I, I can't. Uh, not today, senor. Not today. Yeah, not having it. But um, I went again. I only have been twice so far. And I went again, and I hydrated the whole day. I think the other day, I, like the first time I went, I was oh, not hydrating enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. And then I went Monday, and I was drinking shit ton of water. And making sure I was eating, like, not too heavy foods, but, like, high-protein, tuna, things like that. Made it through the whole class. Okay. Felt great. Slept like a baby. Good. So, uh, doing well. Got another class tomorrow. Been trying to go every other day, you know, trying to, like, because it's only a month of Unlimited because it's a Groupon. Yeah. So, I'm going to get the most out of my Groupon. Take advantage of it. Yes. So, I got a, a month to at least try to go at least three times a week. I'd like that, that three to four would be my prime. Um... But hopefully it's just, it's really, you know, just the, I feel like it's more diligent and harder to make sure that you're hydrated throughout the day. So I don't pass out and want to die than getting through the class, honestly. And I sweat balls. Yeah. Buckets. My goodness. Shit ton. Smell like a, like a crab afterwards. It's not good. (laughs) It's not good, but, uh. Oh my goodness. It's been fun. It's been fun. Anywho. Um, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's my day. That's an undertaking. That's... Yeah, you know, it's... Yeah. It is what it is, but uh, it's fun. I'm having a ball. Well, good. While sweating balls. <laughs> my sweaty balls. Yes. So. But, um, I think... I don't know. We don't have a guest today. It's just... We're flying solo, Andy. Yeah. You and I. Back to the good old days. Back to the good old days. We're just two of us without those slackers we've been hanging out with. My father and brother. Oh, my God. Oh, they just want to mooch off of our wine. I'm telling you. Not today. Not today. But, (laughs) anywho, I think we'll take a little break. And then we get back, I think, should we go right into tasting this fun wine? I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty, too. Yeah. All right. Let's drink to that when we get back. All right. And we are back from break. Um, that was a long break because I am just waiting to try this wine. It comes in a silly bottle, which I will post on our Facebook and all of our outlets because, yes. and also send us, you know, questions and say hello and all that. Um, we're getting some good views on Facebook. I keep on seeing little 
ticks and stuff. But come on, people, ask a question, comment. You know. Yeah, we, we know. Hear. We know you're there. Might as well say hello. So, um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, let's get into this Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. It says red off dry wine. What does that mean? Uh, so off dry means that it's going to have some a little bit of sweetness to it. Oh, okay. And it's not dry. It's just off dry. Okay. So not completely sweet, not completely dry. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, and kind of Eastern European countries, they tend to make their wines with a little bit of extra sweetness. Okay. Um, just because uh, making it really, really dry doesn't really pair well with a lot of foods there. So if you have a okay. little bit of sweetness, it helps. Um, helps the... It helps pairings. And it's just okay. it's a lot easier to drink rather than a really dry yeah. uh, red wine. Or white wine for that fact. But yeah, let's, let's get That's into good. this guy. And um, uh, So as you're pouring, you chilled this a little bit, which... Uh, Kind of goes into our theme or our topic did. of the day. So why did you chill this one? I chilled this wine um, for the fact that it did say that it was off dry. Mm -hmm. uh, and anytime you do uh, an off dry or a sweet wine, you do want to chill it a little bit. Now, mm -hmm. this, as you said, this is a Cabernet Sauvignon. And a lot of people kind of assume that if you're drinking a red wine, it should be served at room temperature. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, unfortunately, the average room temperature nowadays is getting warmer, mm -hmm. and that's not where the wine should be served at. So okay. serving temperatures is, I guess, our topic of the day, and uh, sparkling wines should be served in the 40 to 45 degree Fahrenheit um, range. The light whites, kind of like Pinot Grigio and Sauvignon Blanc, they can be served in the 40 to 50 range. Uh, and you can also include uh, sweet wines. Sweet okay. wines and light wine wines should be in the 40 to 50 range. Now, when you're getting to your more uh, heavier white wines like Chardonnay, uh, something that has a little bit more higher alcohol, those you can serve in the 50 to 55 some say 50 to 60 range. Okay. Uh, and then reds, uh, lighter reds like Pinot Noir, Beaujolais, Gamay, some Sangioveses, those can be served at 60, um, 55 to 60 degrees. And uh, your other reds, your Syrahs, your Cabernets, your Merlots should be in the 60 to 65 degree. Okay. So uh, most everyone's, you know, countertop or average room temperature is... 70 to 75, depending on where you are in the country. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you need a little bit more of a, a chill. A little cellar, maybe, if you got a basement. Right. If you have a basement, it would be great to keep your wine down there. And um, that way it maintains the course. It mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't turn. Um, and that way you can just enjoy it right from the cellar. Nice. But if you don't have a cellar, if you're in an apartment or a high-rise mm -hmm. or what have you, what you can do is uh, the 15-minute rule, mm -hmm. and this goes for both whites and reds. If you are going to have a white wine, mm -hmm. and let's say you store it in your refrigerator, 15 minutes before you're going to serve it, take it out of the refrigerator. Oh, okay. So it has time to warm up a little bit uh -huh. because refrigerator settings are like 34 to 40 degrees. Okay. So that's a little... 
too cold, okay. even for sparklings and sweet wines. And the 15-minute for reds is if you're going to serve red wine, put it in the refrigerator 15 minutes for 15 minutes okay. before serving. Okay. And that is the right amount of chill to, um, to then serve and then have it be the correct temperature. Interesting. I did not know that. I like that 15-minute rule. Yeah. That's how I – that 15-minute rule also applies to food on the floor or no? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. No. 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 I would not go that far. Three-minute rule or something like that? Yeah. I'm messing those up. I think, yeah, something like that. Something like that. 15 minutes, an hour, whatever. Just eat it. It's still good. Build your Uh, immune system, kids. There you go. And, um, you know, why? Why do we have to serve wine at any given temperature? Because the rules said so. The wine god said, Grappa was his name. (laughs) Whatever his wine god said so. He said so. Mm Mm-hmm. And we'll um, listen to the wine god. Maybe, partially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tradition kind of uh-huh. lends itself to it. Uh-huh. But um, I guess the real reason is that it's for the best expression of the wine. Okay. So if you're tasting a red wine that's, let's say, 75 degrees, that's been sitting on your countertop all day, it's probably going to taste a little uh, a little sour, a little bitter. Mm-hmm. It just It's not where it should be tasting. Yeah. If you're tasting a white wine at those temperatures, it's definitely going to taste cooked. Mm-hmm. And that's not appealing. Yeah. So you chill it so that it tastes the best. Yeah. So that's why. You know, it's, uh, people are concerned about, you know, I've seen charts where they say that sparkling has to be served at 40 to 43 degrees and Sauvignon Blancs yeah. have to be 43 to 45 and Rieslings are in the 42 to, to 50 range depending on how sweet it is, how dry it is. Just Google it and you'll find charts about serving temperatures and all this different yeah. thing. Go with the 15-minute rule. You'll be yeah. solid. Always, don't always don't think too much about it. Yeah, don't um, take the fun out of drinking wine, people. Seriously. It's fun. Yeah, keep it fun and light and... And it just makes everything so much easier. Well, so, uh, well, let's uh, let's give this wine a, a little run over, not a run over, a little rundown. And uh, so it's the six S's, uh, yeah. C, which is that? Is that a garnet? I always mess up. I always mess up on this. Um, this looks uh, ruby towards the center, but you do see an orange mm-hmm. kind of tinge on. The edges. Yes. So um, I'm guessing this is seen a little bit of time. It's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can see. There's no age. There's no vintage on this wine. Hmm. Um, so it's it's seen some time, and um, I'm guessing that's why there's that. There's a hint of garnet there. Yeah. But I think as a whole, um, it is a little bit of ruby. Hmm. Okay. And the. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Smell? Is that it? What's We're the next swirling. one? Swirling. 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 Open up the aromas so that we can smell the wine and taste the wine at its best. We need a little bit of air to open up all those flavor compounds. So we're swirling. We're mm-hmm. sniffing. We're sniffing. Ooh. Mmm. Mm. Cherry? You're yeah. Doing some cherry? Yeah. Um. Hmm. Fruity. Definitely fruity jammy. Yes, I'm getting a lot of fruits, uh, kind of like a cranberry, cherry, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, almost a hint of um, like cherry pie. Yeah, um, like a f- mm. like a baked kind of quality to it. Not it smells, in a bad way. It smells very yummy. I'm gonna I'm gonna sip it. I'm going. I can't wait. Sip it. All right, here we go. 
Oops, I didn't even swirl. <laughs> All right. Swirl, mm. swish, sip. Oh my, this is good. Um, it's very light. It's not alcohol forward at all. Okay. This yeah. is, um, it is lighter on the palate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not so heavy. Mm -hmm. It is, it has a hint of sweetness. Yeah. But it's not overtly sweet. Not super sweet. No. Um, um I like it. Yeah. The alcohol still, only 11%. Yeah. It's a low alcohol, but I can still taste the cherry. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of tartness, like rhubarb. Oh. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of like a green component. Yeah. Um, In the back. It could be. Yeah, I guess I could see rhubarb and um, some tart. I don't know. There's there's a hint of pepper, and I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's like a bell pepper or if it's like a bell pe pepper. How pepper about that? Corn. How would they get that kind of flavor into a wine? Well, um, Cabernet is actually known for having like this green component and, and sometimes it manifests itself as like this bell pepper, fresh bell pepper. Hmm. Um, sometimes it's kind of like uh, a green pepper corn. Okay. And I know there's, everyone knows black pepper. That's, mm -hmm. that's just one variety of pepper, mm -hmm. but there's also green okay. and there's pink and purple and it's just, these different peppers have different tastes to it, but. Cabernet kind of almost always has this green quality, um, whether it's fully ripe or or if it's uh, underripe. It has, you know, your cranberry has your cherry. Um, sometimes blackberry comes out, but it's been my experience that I always get a hint of pepper, and and it kind of to me, if it's this bell pepper, it's telling me that it's coming from a cooler climate mm -hmm. and it's kind of underripe. But okay. if it's like more black pepper then it's a little bit more fuller bodied and it's a little bit more warmer climate. Hmm. So Cabernet for me from, let's say, Napa Valley or Mendocino County, somewhere in California, mm -hmm. it's going to have that black pepper. So where does this one stand between other Cabernet Sauvignons you have tried? So this is from where? Moldova. This is from Moldova. Where is Moldova? Moldova is a small country ah. that's sandwiched between Sandwich. Romania and Ukraine. Ah, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So decidedly Eastern European. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, being in that kind of uh, geography, I don't know if you can mentally picture Eastern Europe, but that's a little bit in the north. Okay. Um, not not saying North Pole, but um, it's not it's not close to the equator by any okay. means. So cold region. Cooler. 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 I wouldn't. You know. I would say. Sweden, Norway, mm -hmm. that's cold. Yeah. Um, and they they just don't grow grapes there because it's too cold. Okay. Um, and it's also not the south of France. Yeah. So it's kind of in that halfway point, but, okay. you know, kind of mountainous and hilly and cooler climates and just that's what I'm picturing okay. when, I, when I see Moldova. So I'm guessing there's this cooler aspect. Um, and I, you know, I'm torn. Is it bell pepper? Is it black pepper? But... Since it has a little bit of sweetness to it, that means that it had to achieve a fair amount of ripeness. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's a little bit warmer. Okay. Um, they could have seen a lot of uh, sunshine mm -hmm. in, in this particular vintage, 
Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but that's kind of what it tastes like to me. But in general, this is very nice. And it's, um, I have never had an off-dry Cabernet before. I've never had an off-dry Cabernet either, and, or one from Maldover, or one in a glass of canter, I don't know what you'd call this, a bottle in such a manner. It's yes. delightful. Yeah. All around, I'm having a great time. This is a really nice, interesting wine. It is really nice and interesting. This is the kind of wine, you know, like, on ga- okay, I'm gonna br- I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones, <laughs> and they're constantly drinking wine, and I'm like, God, what kind of wine are they drinking that they're just chugging the lugging it all down? Yeah. This, to me, would be the wine they're drinking. It's light. Probably. And it's easy to drink. Yep. And I can imagine just chuggling it down and having a good time, as they do yeah. in Game of Thrones. Yes. Watch it, people. It's a good time. Yeah, I can't wait. It's like a whole nother month before. I need every bit of that month to catch up. I just started. I'm a little behind. Just I'm just about to finish season two. Okay. Um, and I can't stop referencing it or thinking about it. Yeah. I want a raven, and I want to just drink wine all day, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's just hard living real life when watching that. I know. Anywho, but I digress. This wine's great. Um, so how does this uh, stack up against other Cabernet Sauvignons? Um, it's not your typical. Okay. It's it's light and low in alcohol. Um, it has this little bit of sweet component to it. It's from an Eastern European country. Uh, not really known for their export of wine, but I bet they do have wine, um, wine that they make for, you know, just for average consumption. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I've never seen wine from Moldova. So, um, yeah, it's not full bodied and and earthy and robust and in your face. Because I would say it's a delicate wine. Um, what would you pair this with? That is a very good question. Um, you can do a lot of stuff with mm-hmm. this kind of wine where it's lighter in body, has a little hint of sweetness to it. Um, I was reading an article where they were doing like funny wine pairings mm-hmm. and a similar style of wine to this, um, it was a Beaujolais Nouveau. Okay. Beaujolais Nouveau, uh, I think which we talked about in Ooh, previous but, yeah. episodes, um, is like really light and fun and has, you know, lots of fruit character. It's not super earthy and tannic and robust, not supposed to be a super serious wine. Um, the food pairing for a Beaujolais Nouveau, uh, they said it was a hot dog. A hot dog? Yeah. A bunch of hot dogs? Yeah. Oh and man. I can kind of see it. Because I can see eating a bunch of hot dogs and drinking this wine. The way that they express it was like... Okay, so you've got the bun, which mm-hmm. has, you know, a little bit of, like, body, which is going to mm-hmm. soak up a lot of heavy flavors, mm-hmm. if there are heavy flavors. Um, you know, you have a little bit of, like, sweetness from the ketchup or relish, and then you have like a little that. bit of extra flavor from, like, onions little, As you're talking mustard. about, I'm tasting a good ballpark hot dog with all those things. Right, and then something like this is yeah. really light and clean. We'll just like clean mm. your palate and then you're ready for another bite of hot dog. I'll get a bunch of hot dogs. So. I We found a wine to pair with hot dogs. Yeah. I, I would definitely have this you know, with, there's, for grilling. There's a wine for everything. There is. There absolutely is. I would love to go to a party and bring this wine to a, like a barbecue. Oh and, my God. In, the, in the jar and everyone would laugh and they would, yeah, and they'd be like, you guys laugh now. Try my hot dog wine. <laughs> so. Yes. 
Yeah, be, I can totally see that. This is a this is a great. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, going with the if that's if a hot dog is a good wine pairing, I would say like light meat, light meat bologna, bolognas. Oh. Because that's a similar of a hot dog. Mm. Um, you know, I was thinking fig, figs. I like to eat some figs with this. Figs like fig jam. To kind of bring out the fruity qualities. Yeah. I could see that. Fig jam and like light so if cheeses. You're doing, yeah. Doing or uh, or... toast points and mm-hmm. you have your cheese and you have that, that fruit spread. And a little I bit of hot dogs I inside. See, you know? And a couple Why not? hot dogs. Mix it up. You know. Whatever you got in your kitchen. Brie, figs, a little bit of hot dog. Yeah. Because yeah. we're classy that way. Yeah, that's right. You got to mix it up. <laughs> you got to mix it up. So, well, I, I like this wine. Where did you get it and how much did it cost? So I know I referenced this in past. Yeah, I, we got to take a field trip to this place. It sounds like mecca of crazy <laughs> wines. Yes. Uh, so this was the central extra value liquor mart. <laughs> and um, the foremost. It was not. Oh, foremost. it was not foremost. No, oh, it, it was. was not. It was literally that name. Cent- oh, central extra value. Liquor Mart. Oh, they really I think is what it's went called. for brevity there. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, and yeah, it's really interesting. Like the guy behind the counter is like this Persian guy, and he's like, "Hey, man, it goes. What's going on?" You know. And then there's like this really old man stocking the beers. Of course. But it's just like it sounds amazing. And you're yeah. pulling out these wines that I've never heard of in, yeah. in bottles that I've never seen. Yeah. And every time it's something absolutely insane. You've yes. brought Greek wine. You've brought, I don't know, what else did you get? Those like some like bohemian wine. Uh, I had a wine from Ukraine. Ukraine. I like. I can't. Um, I don't even know where the hell you get these things. Otherwise, these little mom and pop liquor stores. Yeah. All throughout Chicago. It's amazing. They have, you know, what, what the the people there, yeah. what they drink, and it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, and I think this bottle was like ten bucks. Oh my god, it's amazing! I would yeah. just have a collection. I, I wish like every like it was series. I wish there was they, a series of have, little men. They have a Merlot. That's an and am- then they also have a Moscato. Are they different little men? No, same oh, same, same one. Well, same company, same bottle. I would say if there's different little men there. I'd be like, I uh, know, right? Get your own buy, collection. Yeah, get, 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 collect them all. Collect them all. The different just, little men. Oh my god, I wish. I'm I just gonna. Wish. You know, I think I'm gonna go to a party. I'm gonna go to a, like a bro barbecue and and show up with this wine and be like, yeah. you guys, let's heave some. Let's gotta get some hot dogs. Something I just noticed on the label, it uh-huh. says it's one liter. Yeah. It's not even your 750 milliliter, yeah. which is less. So this is a one liter. So you're really getting a deal here. I think so. For 10 bucks, you're getting so one liter, 250 that is, I, extra milliliters. I, 32 ounces is a liter, I believe. Is 32? That, 33? 33? Is that something? I don't know. Uh, liter? Thir- no, nothing? 33. 30, I don't know. I don't know. Well, because a, a regular bottle, 750 mil is 25 ounces. Oh, so there were, yeah, around 30, yeah, 30, yeah. 30-ish. Yeah, something like that. Take that, empirical system. That's right. We're going to stick with our met- non-metric and fuck all y'all. We're America. And we don't know liters. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. We'll drink a gallon. That's all we know. <laughs> or gallons. Well, what is this liter bullshit? <laughs> Not enough for my taste. Gallon, gallons and ounces. That's what I'm telling you here. So, um, well, I think that's that's a swell wine to taste. I think 
I think it happened again. I'd say let's drink to that wine and we'll take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. And then we'll come back for some of our favorite segments. And uh, let's drink to that, Andy. Let's drink to that. And we're back. Um, So... Any questions about any of the things we've been drinking or concerns or just comments on anything or questions about life and your drinking habits or drinks? Let us know. Yeah. Uh, email us at drinktothatpodcast at gmail.com. That's drink the word to the number that podcast at gmail.com or Facebook. You can message us. Uh, we've got an Instagram. You can like us. You can follow us. You can do whatever you want to us. Poke us. You're all <laughs> sick. But, uh, you know, send us some questions. Uh, we answered some before that seemed to have done well. Hopefully we answered some good questions, and we'll keep doing that. We'll keep plugging those in. So, um, anywho, I think now it's time for one of our favorite segments. And, Andrew, take it away. All righty. Tales from the cask. This is the segment of the podcast where we like to share what we have drunk in this past week or so or however. Something something great, something bad, whatever we want. We want to pull up from that crypt of the shit we drink. <laughs> Andy, what have you had? Oh my god. As of late. As of late. That you'd like to discuss. Um... So, like I said, I've been doing my classes, and we have these learning tastings. Mm, that's what I, I every <laughs> every time I drink, it's a learning experience. It Andy, should be. So, it should be. No know. booze after two a.m. That's what I've learned, or that's maybe not. I don't fair. know. I mean, depending. <laughs> Yeah. Depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, to each their own, Andy. So, uh, as you know, I've been drinking a lot of wine, as that is what I'm doing with my life now, but I've been drinking a lot of, uh, south of France wine. Ooh. So Provence rosés and, um, Coderone oh. blends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just really interesting stuff that not a lot of people know about. And it's been, it's fun. I love learning new things and I do like, uh, varietal wines. So I do like a Cabernet. I do like um, Riesling. Mm-hmm. But the blends, if done right, you can get a really uh, good match of flavors. And you can get a lot of different variety there. So South uh, South France, the Côte d'Iron area, you get Grenache and Syrah. You get Sanso, Mauvert, Viognier. All those are just blended into one. Sounds all French to me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, you just get some really cool, interesting wines, and so that's what I've been drinking is just a whole bunch of really interesting blends from the south of France, and um, just you know stuff outside of the the Bordeaux's and the Champagnes mm-hmm. and the Burgundies. So the usual that people always reference, and yeah, just you know everyone knows the Bordeaux's of, of France. They know Burgundies. They know Champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they're not really well-versed in, in the blends, mm-hmm. which happens more in the south of France. Gotcha. And uh, I think that's to be explored. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been making wine for thousands of years. 
And it's unfortunate that Bordeaux and Burgundy and Champagne have, like, stolen the limelight. Yeah. But they make some really good wines, and you can find really, really good stuff for 10 to 15 bucks. And that's um, always in my price point. Yeah. Can you recommend any of the Cuba? I don't know. But like, I know that's kind of, like, putting you on the spot to, like, name um, drop, but... Um, you, can, you can always find really good stuff. Um, well, uh, Louis Latour is mm-hmm. more Burgundy. Um... But he does some really inexpensive stuff, mm-hmm. and you can always find um, what are called GSM blends, mm-hmm. and that's Grenache, Syrah, Mauverde, and that's the typical Cote de Rhone style. Um, if you just look for anything that says Cote de Rhone on it, okay, um, C O T E space D U space R H O N E Cote de Rhone, and um, and you'll find some really good values there, and. Yeah, uh, I can't think of any one particular producer, but um, just all of them are really good values. And like I said, in the ten to fifteen dollar range, you can drink really nice, easy sipping wines that have a lot of complexity to them, like pepper and cranberry and cherry, blackberry, uh, dark cherry. Um, and the south of south of France makes a lot of different things. They make whites, they make rosés, they make red blends. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone there. So give it a whirl, people. Try something. Open up your French horizons. Yeah. Don't just vacation in the south of France. Drink their wine. I'm telling you. Or I can do both. I've done yet. I haven't done either yet. So I'll do both at one time. <clears throat> one day. <laughs> what about you? What have you been um, up to? What have you been drinking? Well, you know, uh, I haven't been drinking anything like too different or crazy. I haven't tried anything super new. Um, um. I've been drinking Buffalo Trace whiskey. Hello. Which is always good. Um, I always enjoy that. I've been making that, you know, because, you know, living in an apartment now, I don't have to always go out. So I've been enjoying making myself drinks. And what I've been doing, um, I have green tea lemonade from Trader Joe's. Okay. And I have like a sorbet uh, fruit mixture, which is berries. It's my mom made it, and it's called um, Macedonia, which is, like, this Italian. It's all you do is you cut up berries, you cut up blueberries, you put a little bit of sugar, you put a little bit of brandy, uh-huh. and you put a little bit of lemon, and that, and you just have that. And usually you just keep it in the fridge, and you just take it out, and you'll, you'll eat it. It's like a dessert. Okay. But we had it, and I was like, you know what? I don't want this to go to waste. I put it in the freezer. Okay. So I was drinking my whiskey, and I was like, yep. you know what tastes really great? I had a drink like this before at a different place. And they made, like, a berry whiskey drink. So I was like, I've got green tea lemonade, Mm -hmm. I've got buffalo trace, and I've got an amazing, like, berry sorbet happening. Yeah. So I took the berries, put that as more of the ice, and put that in there, and it had, like, the kind of the syrup, so it was all cold, and it it wasn't frozen all the way because of the brandy that was already in that. Right, right, right. So it was just, like, a perfect cold, and I put that with the green tea lemonade and a nice good splash of buffalo trace... What a delight, let me tell you. That is just like a good, refreshing, berry summer drink. Really works really well. Um, so I've been having that, and the Buffalo Trace by itself is even just a great whiskey. Just, oh, yeah. Uh, it's a nice whiskey great that uh, kind of snagged from my parents' house before I left. <laughs> I don't know if they've missed it yet, but I, I It was a parting gift. It was a parting gift that they're just not sure they parted with it yet. Right. But um, I took it. And, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Um, other than that, it's been just wines, you know, nothing too special. Just kind of yeah, 
whatever whatever's around at the moment. Um, but yeah, that was some of my tales from the cask. I'm uh, making my own drinks over here. That's pretty cool. When, when you live on your own, you just make you got to make do. You got to make do. So berries, put it in there. Get some juice, put it in there. Mix it together. Alcohol is fine. It's good. It's good. It's all good. You drink it. It's fantastic. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think uh, that's uh, my tale. But um, what is our next segment, Andrew? I believe we're all going to get quirky. Oh, my God. It's been a while. It's been a while. All right. Are we ready for this? I guess. Why not? All right. So let me go into the bag of quirky quirks where we have either a term, a quiz, or a fact, or a drink. And I get to choose. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Fact! A fact. All right, Andrew. All right. Riddle me this. Riddle me this. What fact can you tell me today that I've never heard of or anyone has ever heard of? Well, I'm sure some people have heard of it because why would you know it if you're not making it up? Therefore, be fiction, not fact. So tell me a fact, Andy, about some wine, not just some random shit. (laughs) There you go. All right. A fact. Uh, since I've been studying the south of France, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most popular regions of the south of France is Provence. Provence. Provence uh, is one of many different regions that make rosés. Mm-hmm. However, this is the only region dedicated to making rosé in France. Okay. Versus people make white wines, they make sparkling wines, make sweet wines, they make red wines. This is the one region in France that's sole purpose is to make rosés. And a lot of people think that rosés are pink wine and it's, you know, foo-foo frilly mm-hmm. and it's not meant to be serious. But Girlfriends having brunch or even having their rosé. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and I could see how that kind of came about because um, I don't want to name names, but a certain American producer... Um, had an accident, and it was a happy accident in that um, the Zinfandel did not come to full ripeness, mm. and so they were not able to make red Zinfandel that year. Oh, so they back were just... in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I'm giving clues if people want to Google this. Is um, it Robert Mondavi? I'm not naming names. I'm not naming names. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what they did was they decided to do a little bit less of a fermentation on the skins, and mm-hmm. they came out with white Zinfandel. Ah. And white Zinfandel was kind of like this, you know, semi-sweet, really easy drinking, not super complex red wine that flooded the markets, and, you know, no one really took rosé seriously anymore. But yeah. the area of Provence um, is only about 50,000 acres wide in uh, France. And to put that in perspective, Bordeaux is known around the world um, and that's the number one producing area of France. Mm-hmm. Their uh, acreage is 297,000 acres of land Holy is committed to vines. Hell. So 50,000 acres isn't that much. However, Provence makes one-third of all the rosés sold in France. Wow. So they got the little bit of a monopoly happening. Almost. And... It's, it's a testament to what they do in, in Provence is mm-hmm. that they make rosé so well. And they do make s- small quantities of red and white, mm-hmm. but 
they're making 90% of their production from the whole region is rosé. And it actually is so much so that it's about, uh, I've read some, some uh, numbers that say it's a third of the country's production. Some say it's a quarter. But needless to say, that is a fair amount to be supporting a, a winemaking country that much. So this one little plot of land is making such quality rosés that it's, it's a third uh, wow. from what I've heard. I don't know if I've ever had one from Provence. It's, um, if you've ever seen a, a rosé that's kind of like this really light, pale, mm-hmm. um, almost uh, borders on the, the fringes of white wine. Mm-hmm. That's coming from Provence. Okay. Um, most of the other rosés coming from France, like Loire Valley, um, some come from Burgundy, some come from uh, Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Those will be more the the deeper pink, mm-hmm. uh, deep salmon color, and that's just the way that they do their their rosés and the Seignier method, which is bleeding. Okay. So it's like they make a red wine, and then they take a little bit off of the fermentation tank that's not 100% done yet, and then mm-hmm. they sell that as rosé. Okay. But what they're doing in Provence is direct press, where they're taking all the red grapes, they're pressing it, and whatever little color comes off of it, that's the color of the wine. Hmm. And it's this very light, delicate, fruity, um, and, and it does have its complexities as well. It's not just this, you know, not to be passed up wine. Um, but being said that, that that's all they do, you can run across a bottle of wine that's going to cost you about $20, $30 that's, for rosé. But I think it's actually really worth it. And I have, Yeah, that's like still, like to me, that's pretty cheap for a high-end wine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for if You're right. For a high-end wine uh, coming from France, you're talking $100, $200, $400. Um, but for a high-end wine that is a rosé, um, yeah, $20, $30 isn't super going to break the yeah. bank. But um, don't discredit rosé because it's it's a pink wine. It's not a red wine. It's not a white wine. Um, you can make really great, nice uh, rosés. So that's our fact of the day is that Provence is, uh, is special in its own right. It sells about a third of all of uh, rosé of France. And they've been doing it for over a thousand years. Well, that is fact and not fiction. And I just learned something. And I think everyone else did too. Yeah. And I think with that, I've got so much knowledge and wine in my brain. I think it's almost time to cheers, Andy, and let's cut this uh, this episode, and uh, let's drink to that. Let's drink to that. Until next time. All right. Cheers. Cheers.